Well, hello there. Hi there. Nice to have you with me again as we take another episode of the Psychology Report. Depression. Depression in children. Were you a depressed child? Do you remember during your childhood? Were there times of depression or did you go through a major bout of depression that lasted for a period of time? Did anybody in your family have a history of depression? Siblings, parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents. Do you know what depression is by personal experience? What about your children? Your, your children, are they depressed? Have they been depressed? Do they know what depression is? Do you know what depression is in your own personal life as a family and your own personal life as a parent? Well, let's take a look at this question of depression. A mood disorder. It's a mood disorder. In other words, we have moods. We go up and down, and we have a variety of moody experiences throughout the course of the day and the week. But you know, the range is usually moderate. We don't go to extremes. We just have little variations in our mood from time to time. Things affect us. People affect us. Circumstances affect us. Outcome of events affect us, and we get kind of discouraged, or we get kind of happy. We get kind of um, sad at times, or maybe blue, or maybe just a little bit sullen. But most of the time, our mood is pretty buoyant, up, positive. So, depression is part of life. It's part of all of our life. Uh, I suspect we don't really call it depression. We just call it kind of a mood change or a mood variety, a mood variation. That's normal. And uh, But when you get into a down mood and it stays, it kind of gets stuck. Or if your mood is quite severe, it's very down, very discouraging, very uh, depreciating. And, you know, that's then something needs to be done about it. You need to make sure that you get onto a program right away and begin to alter that mood state and determine why your mood has altered that significantly and has gotten stuck. You know, there are things that happen to us. Of course there are. It's always known when you have a mood disorder. It's always known, you know, what it is that got you off on a wrong track. The problem is most people with a mood disorder, don't talk about it. They don't do anything about it. They just let it linger and let it just hang in there and changes their entire life perspective. Become more sullen, become more depreciating, more derogatory. You know, that's what depression does. It just gives you that kind of sad, negative outlook on life. Well, not a good way to live. Not a good way to encourage a child to go through life or to go through a period of time like that. As a parent, watch your kids. Watch their moods. And when that mood changes to depression, get on the stick and do something about it. Generally speaking, it means getting into an office of a therapist. Get a psychologist and get into that office and start working on it talking about it, you know, together as a family, together as a parent and child, 
and some time for the child himself to be with a therapist and explore what's going on. What is it that creates that kind of mood and why is it that that mood is stuck and what you can do to get unstuck when you're into a depressed mood. So if you can't deal with that in a matter of a couple of days or a couple of weeks, you need help and get into a therapist's office and don't hesitate. That's what therapy is all about. And that's what psychologists are all about. So um, psychologists are uniquely qualified to deal with the issue of depression. And in children, depressed children, yet we don't like to use the medication if we don't need to. We'd prefer not to use medication. There's some side effects. There's some risks down the road. When kids start taking even legitimate medication, it can carry that idea that they need something when they feel weak or they feel uh, down. And they'll start turning to other kind of medications. And sometimes we see them even turning to illicit drugs. So depression is a critical time in a person's life. And it's a time that a parent cannot overlook what's going on. If your child is depressed and continues to be depressed for a long period of time, you haven't, and you don't do anything about it as a parent, you're being neglectful as a parent. Okay? Just pure neglectful. Don't let your kid go on being depressed without having somebody work with them. Help them think it through. Okay, what about depression now? Uh, you know, what can you do in your home? What are some of the things you can do in your home? And uh, that you can do as a parent and that you can do as a family, you know, to prevent depression. Or certainly, if you have somebody who's depressed, can kind of overcome it and can move beyond the state of depression. Well, very simply... Make sure your child, make sure your children are physically active. Depressed children tend to be withdrawn and isolative, inactive. So the contrary is very important. Make sure your kid is active. Get active as a family. Get active together as a child and a parent. Don't just say to your child, oh, go and do something. Get, get physically active. Go go run around the block and, you know, whatever it might be, that may be okay, but it may not be. You may need to, as a parent, take that kid by your hand and their hand and become physically active together. Join a gym. Start riding a bike together. Start playing soccer together. Start playing tennis together. You know, whatever, whatever it takes. Go play golf together. Go for walks together. You know, take long rides together. But whatever it is, get physically active with your child because that gets the juices going. And we call that the endorphins. It takes about 20 minutes of strong physical exercise for the endorphins to be released. And that's the chemical that's released in the brain that is associated with relaxation and, relax and, and with calmness and kind of anti-anxiety, so to speak. So you want to make sure those endorphins get released on a regular basis. That means daily exercise, daily activity, 20 minutes a minimal. But keep your kid moving. And what's the, what's the phrase? Keep the body moving. So number one, make sure that you set the pace. Make sure that you set the tone. Make sure that you take the initiative as a parent. And get active and be physically active yourself. And involve your child with you. 
Got a pool? Swim every day with them. You know, make sure something takes place where you get the activity going, you know, together. Okay, that's number one. Number two is depression is make sure you have a good sleep habit, a good sleep pattern for the child. Now, here's what a good sleep pattern is. Generally, it's about eight hours of sleep, right? Well, young children sometimes need nine, sometimes need ten. But a, a good sleep pattern, which means they get adequate sleep, eight, nine, ten hours a day at night, and maybe even a nap during the day, a one-hour nap. That's all. No more than that. But you want to make sure that they're sleeping well, that they're not waking up in the middle of the night and just stay, instead of getting up and watching television or whatever they might do in the middle of the night. Monitor your kids' sleep patterns and, your, and their sleep hygiene. Make sure that that sleep pattern is good so they get good, solid sleep. Sometimes children who are depressed sleep long hours, extra hours. In the morning, during the day, they'll take a nap for long hours. That's a sign of depression. So depression doesn't get solved by a lot of sleep. But you do have to have a basic sleep pattern to overcome depression. But whatever the age is of your child, kind of figure it that way in terms of the number of hours of, uh, of sleep that your child particularly needs, okay? So, um, okay, so sleep is an important factor. Okay, that's number two. Number three is this. Make sure your child is engaging in a positive daily act that results in achievement. Okay, here's the deal. Your child must do something every day, not just run around in circles. I mean, that's not activity. I mean, it's the activity that results in achievement. Because achievement then can be recognized. Achievement can then be praised. Achievement can then be commended, you see. So your child, if he does something, if she does something that results in achievement, that child then gets recognized, gets praised and approved and affirmed. And the positive benefits of an activity are experienced. So it's not just becoming active. It's not just becoming busy, but it's the, an activity or a busyness that results in achievement. So you want to get your child into an experience where they achieve, which means they get that message that they're competent. They get a message that they're capable. They get a message that they can achieve and that they're capable of achieving and then being recognized you know, for that. In other words, they're not helpless. Helplessness is depression. When a child gets that message, they can't do anything. No matter what they do, no matter how hard they try, no matter what, what they try, they fail or they don't achieve. That's helplessness and that's depression. That's a form of depression. It's a type of depression. So you want to make sure your child in their activity, in their busyness, in their uh, various uh, actions that they become involved in, there's an end result of achievement that is noticed by others and then commended you know, for that achievement. Okay, that's number three. Number four is this. Engage in a muscular and a mental relaxation exercise with your children or with your child who's depressed. In other words, with depression, a child is often tense, nervous, anxious. And then there's this tendency to just avoid life. So they, are, they don't feel that tension. They don't feel that uh, isolation and that loneliness. 
So get into an exercise program. That might mean teach deep breathing. Might mean teach how to imagine uh, various scenes and various places that are relaxing and are generally enjoyable places to be and activities to engage in. People that are also relaxed people, be around them. You know, draw off the relaxation of other people. Say, that would be helpful. But get that mental exercise. Help them just think the word relax. Think the word calm. Think the word stability. The word just calmness and serenity and peace and quietness. You know, words like that, you want to keep feeding your child so that those words have meaning and those words soak in to the child's mind and thinking pattern. So you want to associate the words of relaxation with the reaction of relaxation or with the response of relaxation. Teach your child how to relax, how to tense a muscle and then let go of those muscles. The muscle, one muscle throughout the entire body, the muscles of the face, one at a time. The muscles of the upper shoulder, one at a time. The muscles of the arms, one at a time. The muscles, the muscles of the chest, the muscles of the stomach, the muscles of the leg. Just kind of move through the body, teaching them tense and then let go. Tense and then let go. Tense and hold for a few seconds and then gradually let go with the idea of relaxing, 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 letting go. So muscular relaxation is an extremely important thing in depression because there's an ordinary tendency to tense up to hold your body tight and that doesn't help anybody so it's to reduce those or to reverse that process through the idea of relaxation letting go relaxing listening to relaxing music relate you know being in places that are relaxing talking to people in a relaxing tone keeping a home lifestyle that is relaxing, not one that's tense and nervous, okay? Okay, that was four. Now, what about number five? Schedule time with your child each day to talk. You know, children don't necessarily talk freely, don't necessarily open up their life to you as a parent. They might, but you have to prompt it. You have to encourage it. You have to kind of stimulate talk, sometimes by questions, sometimes by just making reference to something so that they can add information. Just sharing your life, sharing some of your experiences of the day, then asking them some of their experiences. You can't just have a child come home from school and say, okay, well, tell me about today and what are you going to do and what's, what are you thinking about and how do you feel? No. Conversation is inter uh, uh, an interchange between the two of you as parents. You express what you've been doing today and they will express what they've been doing. You express your feelings today, and they express their feelings today. You express some of the ideas that you've come up with today, and they do the same thing. You express some of the experiences, the activities, and people you've dealt with today, and they'll do the same. In other words, as a parent, you've got to get involved with your child and often take the initiative and be the pattern, be the example, so that a child can just follow your pattern of conversation. But talk time is an extremely important thing for your children. Sometimes you do it at bedtime. Sometimes you do it after dinner. Sometimes you do it before dinner. Sometimes upon coming home from school. Sometimes over dinner. Sometimes it's just bedtime. Sometimes you drive somewhere and talk in the car. But what's important is that there's a time for talk. And if you don't eat together as a family, 
you're missing a great opportunity to talk to your children and for them to talk to you and for them to talk to each other. The worst thing that you can do is not have a talk time. Okay? Now, dinner time is often a talk time, so I encourage it. But if you're not going to have a dinner time, then when are you going to do it? You're going to have a bedtime talk time? Well, maybe that would have to be the case. But in the course of each day for a child, and particularly younger children and into adolescence, a talk time is very important. And kids don't necessarily talk when you're ready to talk. You have to talk on their schedule. You have to talk on their time schedule. You have to talk on their topics. You have to talk in their mode and in their language. So it's, it's tricky. But you've got to be there where talk occurs and where talk can occur. You have to create that environment of talk, a talk environment. Don't let your kids grow up in a home that does not talk because you're giving your kid a problem when they get married. Because if they don't talk as they're a child in your home, they're not going to talk when they become married, and that's going to create a problem in a marriage. Huge problem. The best thing that you can give your children is the exercise of talking. And that will help them in their young lives, it'll help them in their adolescent lives, and it'll help them in their young adult lives, and it'll help them in their marital life, in their career life. Kids need to learn how to talk, and the place they learn how to talk is at home. And it often is the way to get depression under control or prevent depression from taking place. So see talk as being something important in a social way, but certainly it's necessary in the area of preventing depression or controlling or, or solving a mode of depression. Okay? Now, here's the important one. Give a lot of praise, affirmation, rewards, and recognition. Give a lot of it. Bathe your kid in reward. Bathe your kid in affirmation. Bathe your kid in praise. Bathe your kid in recognition. It's important that you tell your child you love them. Absolutely. But it's also important that you tell your child that you respect them, or that you appreciate them, or that you're proud of them, you're glad for them, you're happy for them when they make these moves of accomplishment and uh, do something that is worthy of your attention and praise. You can't give enough praise, okay? One research study showed that for every criticism, a person has to have at least five praises, five accomplishments recognized. Five rewards, five um, affirmations of some type for every criticism. Now look at your own life. What do you do? Are you criticizing five times and giving one praise? If you do, you got a kid, you're going to be depressed. You're going to create a depressed kid. But if you flip that thing around and start giving five praises for every one criticism, you got a kid that can handle life and they'll make it okay. Now, one study showed five, but another study showed it was seven to one. You know, and I think here's the, it's, there's no magic number. Your child has the magic number. If your child is such that they need ten praises for every criticism, well, then you better live that way. You better talk that way. If your child is maybe on a three to one or a four to one or a seven to one or whatever it is, find out. Think it through. 
learn. And then keep that in mind. Don't over-criticize and under-praise. It's better to under-criticize them and over-praise. And make sure that you recognize the child's accomplishments, okay? Don't ignore them. Don't let them go unrecognized. Okay, that's very important. Now, create a balanced diet for your family. That means watch your carbs. Watch the fats. You know, keep the child eating a good, well-balanced diet with a lot of fruits and a lot of vegetables. Now, that isn't necessarily going to solve depression or prevent depression. But it is going to help them have a healthy body that they can have strength and, and stamina and resilience if they eat well. So, watch your diet. Minimize the fats and the carbs. And maximize the fruits and the vegetables. You know, and chickens and the fish. Okay? Enough for that. Now, number eight. Here's another important one. Help your child establish healthy ways to deal with strong emotions. Now, strong emotion, emotions usually mean anger. Strong emotions usually mean kind of frustrated and upset and bothered and irritated. Those are usually strong emotions. Help your child develop a very healthy way of dealing with it. That means talking. That means solving the problem. That means talking to the person who upsets you. That means talking with the person who bothers you. That means coming to a term of solution with your younger brother and sister. That means coming together as a family and solving a problem through talk and through negotiation and through a compromise and through debate and discussion. Not silence. Not silence. Strong emotions have to be met with verbal exchange. It has to do with resolving conflict, resolving differences, coming together, coming into a level of peace and equalness and commonality in your family, okay? So establish healthy ways of dealing with strong emotions. Be assertive. Help your child be assertive. Not withdrawn, not passive. You know, just let your child speak up and be assertive and voice their opinion and voice their preferences and voice what happened and let them tell their story. Listen. Let them tell their story and then begin to work it out so that reality comes together. Okay? And then number nine, listen to your children. Listen. You have to have a listening ear as a parent. You know, if you don't have a listening ear, your kid won't have a talking voice. Just put it that way. A, a talking voice requires a listening ear. And you as a parent are the listening ear. They'll talk if you listen. But if you're too busy, if you're gone, if you're working too many hours, if you're too busy at night, if you're tired, and you don't have time for your child, your kid won't talk. Your kid will go on through the day and through the evening harboring illness, harboring ill will, harboring ill thoughts, negative thoughts, bad experiences from the day where they can't dump it, they can't let go of it. You see, you got to be a parent that listens to your children. And then here's the last one. Make sure your children's friends are healthy people. You know, kids pick their friends. But you don't have to let them keep those friends. They may pick a friend. But you may need to help them see that that friend is not a good friend for them. 
or maybe it is a good friend. But you better find out first. Don't let your kids have friendships outside the home that you don't know about. Don't let your kids have friends that, you know, take your child away from your home and spend long hours away from your home so you don't know where your kid is and what he's doing. Uh-uh. you got to have uh, your kids' friends need to be involved in your home and in your life as a family so you know who they are hanging around with and you know the type of friends they're choosing. And, uh, and you need, as a parent, need to be prepared to step up to the plate and say, no way, no way, get rid of that friend. That is not a healthy friend. See, kids pick friends, but you have to determine whether those friends are healthy. you got to determine whether those kids have value systems that are similar to yours and have morals that are similar to yours and that you want to see your child develop and live by. You want to make sure their friends have the same spirituality as your friends, as your home, as in, and that you want to instill within your family and within your children. There's a lot more to it than just having friends. It's the quality of friendship in all these ways. Well, this has been the Psychology Report. Hey, good to have you with me today. I'm pleased that you spent a little time here and looked at this issue of the depressed child. You know, now this gave you some maybe opportunity to reflect on your own childhood. Maybe it will explain why you're depressed as an adult. Maybe this will explain why, you know, your child is depressed or has been depressed and why you've been depressed and how depression periodically comes into your life. It isn't just the child's depression, it's depression. And we all experience it. But we want to prevent it as much as we can in our life of our children. So, there you are. There's the formula. Now, it isn't 100%, but it's a very positive formula for you as a parent to endorse and to advocate for and make sure it's part of your child's life experience in your home. Hey, good to have you with me today. And uh, one more time, I invite you to uh, visit the open house of the Pregnancy Care Center in Fresno, which is having its open house on September the 17th at 1 o'clock in the afternoon until 4. And it's located on Olive Avenue and... Vaness. The address is 1127 East Olive. They're moving. This is their new duds. So go take a look. And when you leave the place after a visit, leave some bucks behind, okay? Or leave a promise to send them some money because they thrive on contributions. So be part of their support system. And uh, this will be a good activity for you. Be good activity as a family. You know, for you to become part of it. And celebrate. Uh, rejoice with those that rejoice and have cause for your rejoicing, okay? So, remember, it's the 17th of September, which is at 1 o'clock in the afternoon until 4. So, go see the Pregnancy Care Center in Fresno. Now, if you all live outside of Fresno, and there's a Pregnancy Care Center in your city, become acquainted with them and send them some bucks. They need it, too. They all thrive on contributions, so, um, great service in the day and age in which we live, in the world in which we live. We can't be without pregnancy care centers. Hey, good. Yep. Bye for now.